Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. If you're a business owner, work in corporate, or have a side hustle you're passionate about, you're going to want to stick around because I promise to ask the tough questions and talk about the things others shy away from. You know, what it's really like to own a business and be chronically ill. I'm going to give you that push you need towards following your dreams and be the friend you come back to week after week to talk about the real things in life and in business. If you have goals and are working towards them, if you're determined to be successful, no matter what life's obstacles get in the way, this podcast is for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful Podcast. This is your host, Natalie Supes. Wow, it has been one full month of having this YouTube channel. We're on episode like 78. No, 79? 79. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. We're one episode away from 80 episodes, a month's worth of consistent YouTube videos, which let me tell you has been a goal of mine since 2016 when I put out my first YouTube video. I can't even tell you. They're out there. They're on on the internet, but I'm not going to tell you how to find them. So it's been a goal of mine ever since I recorded my first YouTube video on a camera that I had that's decades old decades pretty much it's actually decades old and I could only film like five minute videos at a time because they took up so much space and I'd have to turn off the camera and film again and it was crazy I was in a one bedroom tiny tiny apartment and I always think back what would have happened if I stayed consistent with that YouTube channel but anyways here we are a month into consistent weekly videos and my plan is to continue them I'm not giving a date because that puts pressure on me but I really do continue or or plan on continuing them. And it has been all of 2022 that I've been consistent every single week of putting out a podcast. So pat my back, (laughs) round of applause to me. But no, honestly, I, I think celebrating is something that's so important. And that gets me into what this week's episode is going to be about. It's a day in the life of a CEO, except because I am a CEO with a chronic illness, I do not and I do not want to vlog that for you. So I'm going to sit down. I'm sitting here in my beautiful chair in my beautiful office, and I'm going to tell you what a day in the life of a CEO looks like for me as someone with a chronic illness, someone who's sick and successful. (laughs) So I really sat down and I thought about how do I structure my day differently because of my chronic illness and because I am a CEO. And that's what I'm going to cover with you here today. The first thing that came to my mind is number one, knowing my boundaries. Something I really struggled with when I was first getting into corporate, getting into, you know, climbing that corporate ladder and and working really hard on my dreams and dealing with a chronic illness was my boundaries. I would work all day and then I would literally throw up in in between the day and I would have I would be extremely ill and I'd have to take a bunch of painkillers to make it through my day and I would just keep pushing and pushing and, and I would get home and I would literally just turn off. Like there was no more Natalie once I got home and that's not a good work-life balance, let me tell you. Thankfully, I was a little younger and and my husband was working and, and trying to get, or I guess boyfriend at the time, was trying to get his dreams accomplished at the same time and we were doing all that. But when I look back, something I really struggled with was boundaries, not just with people, but with myself as well and knowing my limits. I would be on the couch sick, extremely ill, and I would still be feeling guilty that I wasn't working. So now what I've 
I've incorporated into my life is as a CEO, I can structure my days, my mornings, my evenings. And so something that I do that I would really recommend to you, no matter what you do as your corporate job or as your business, or if you're not working and you're a stay-at-home mom or whatever it is, I would incorporate learning how you function. So for me, I am most creative first thing in the morning and I am really exhausted. I get like, I need a nap. I don't usually take naps, but I need a nap around like two or three. So for me, I have one or two meetings first thing in the morning, and then I have a creative period throughout my day. And then I have meetings in the afternoon that don't require me to do a lot of thinking. For example, I won't have sales meetings in the afternoon. I won't have creative meetings in the afternoon. I'll have more so type networking or educational type meetings in the afternoon. I also try to limit my days and this is something that I've been trying to balance as a startup company as well, but I try to limit my days to three meetings max and that's something that's really important to me because I notice when I have a bunch of meetings back to back to back, at the end of the day, I mimic that old Natalie. My daughter comes home and I want to spend time with her and I want to spend time with my husband and I want to have dinner together and I want to spend time with my husband after she goes to sleep, but if I have a day where my meetings are back to back to back to back and I fit in like five or six meetings. I am completely exhausted by the end of the day. And honestly, my brain doesn't work as well. And that's another thing with filming these YouTube videos. If I don't film these YouTube videos at a time where I'm at my most creative and the podcasts, then I really, I struggle to catch my words and my editors, which is happening to me today, my editors have a lot more editing to do and I can't just free flow because the brain fog comes on. And that's something that people with chronic illnesses can really relate to, I'm sure, I mean, even when I was pregnant, that's something that I struggled with a lot, but I noticed that in the morning, I am much more sharper. I can record 15 reels. I don't, but I could record 15 reels without really stopping because I'm just on and that's what I'm good at and that's what I like doing. But as my day progresses, it takes energy. If you've ever heard of the spoon theory, I'm giving out spoons left, right, and center as a CAO and then I get to the end of my day and I'm exhausted and it's hard to create, it's hard to sell, it's hard to be in that mode. So I structure my days making sure that that is front-loaded on the front of my day and then the back half of my day is more administrative tasks, educational tasks, those types of things. Another thing that's really important that I do is delegating. As a CEO, and especially as a CEO with a chronic illness, it's been something that has been really, really challenging, but also so rewarding, is learning how to delegate tasks. So this comes in with the perfectionist side of me as well, is it's really easy for me to just do something, right? It takes me 10 seconds, get on my computer, send out an invoice, create an agreement, whatever it is. But then I notice the more of those things that I'm doing throughout a day, the more administrative tasks, the more tasks that really don't require me. No one can sit down and record this YouTube video for you because they don't have my face, right? But my team can edit it. They can send out invoices. They can send out agreements. They can create the cover art, et cetera, et cetera. And for a long time, I tried to do that all myself. And then I realized I am limiting what I can put out there. I am limiting how many people I can help because I am not asking for help. So learning to delegate is something I'm still learning to do to this day. Every day, what I do is I keep a notes file in my phone and I put in there, 
the tasks that number one, I don't like doing and that that drain my energy. And number two, that I know that I don't have to do. So tasks like I just mentioned, sending out invoices, creating th- creating things that don't require my expertise, et cetera, et cetera. And then I slowly work on handing those tasks off to my team. So if you're someone who doesn't have a team yet, that's totally okay. I started off by hiring my employee now. She's my VP of operations, Alexa. She's phenomenal. She's going to be the one editing this podcast episode. I hired her and actually my YouTube editor, I hired her prior to even hiring Alexa back in, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. Anastasia, I wonder if you know, but anyways, I hired her back in like 2018 approximately to edit some customer testimonials for me because that was going to take up so much of my time that I didn't have. And then I hired Alexa on on Upwork. Both of them I hired on Upwork and found on Upwork by really just going through and looking at people's contract or looking at people's profiles and seeing what they have to offer and putting out job applications. And I hired Alexa to literally edit podcast content for our customers that she just had to like do some creative stuff and put text on it and do that because that program kept failing and it was taking me so much time. So I was like, let me hire that piece out. I can hire that out. It's not something hard. And actually, just a little tip on hiring on Upwork is when I put that ad out there, I mentioned the programs that I wanted the person to have experience in. And what Alexa emailed me back when when applying for the position saying, hey, I don't actually have experience in those, but I'm a quick learner, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of people, they forget to interview when hiring on places like Upwork.com or Fiverr, et cetera, and they don't interview. And I've fallen into this trap a couple times as well. And then a lot of people will apply because it's people applying all across the world, right? My amazing video editor, she's from the Ukraine. Alexa's from Philippines. I'm in Canada. Like we're all over the world. We service clients literally from one side of the world to the other. And so there's people, there's literally so many people who apply when you put a job out that a lot of people will say they can do things they don't. So Number one, look through the applications and try to find someone who's real. Try to find someone who you can see is being honest. Look at their previous work if they have. Alexa actually was new to Upwork at the time, I believe. She didn't really have much information from the past. And then interview. You can always jump on a Zoom interview with the people that you're hiring if you're hiring them for positions that require a little bit more trust. And then start off with small things that you're delegating. If it's to your team, if it's to people you already have on board, or if you're hiring someone new, start with small things that you don't feel like you're giving your house away. You know what I mean? Like you're not giving away your login information to your bank account. But let's start with transcribing a meeting for you or let's start with creating something for you, like creative wise, if that's what the person's good at. Let's start with small tasks. And then as your trust builds in those employees, in those contractors, you can hand off more and hand off more. I'm to the point now in my company that to be honest, I don't know what's happening in every corner of my company. And that's the that's the role of a CEO, right? A CEO is overhead to manage that the company is going in the right direction and it's growing as fast as it's planned to grow. And as a CEO, that means that I need to trust my top tier management to be able to execute on what I expect them to execute. And when I wasn't doing this, when I was first getting into business, I literally had to have my hands in every single thing. Nothing could go out until I edited it. Nothing could go out until I looked at it. You know, that worked for the period of time that it worked. But at this point, as someone with a chronic illness and who is managing a company of now eight employees, it really takes a lot of trust and leadership. 
So no matter what you're doing, no matter what company you're running, your employees are going to make mistakes. We are, you're going to make mistakes. We're all human, right? And what's important is the way that you handle them. So we all have a million things on our heads all the time. And it's easy to get frustrated when a mistake keeps happening over and over, especially when you're sick, right? If you're dealing with pain, if you're frustrated, if you're tired and you're trying to get things done and then you delegate and the mistakes happen, I get you. Like I understand. And it took me a long time to be able to not just fire someone because I'm not going to lie. There were times where I just couldn't do it. And I let a few people contractors, not employees. But I let a few of them go because I didn't have the time to, number one, train them properly. And that's my fault. And number two, continue to teach someone, right? But now what I have learned is Loom videos. Loom, you can Google it. If you can just record yourself teaching someone something, that's going to save a lot of time on the teaching side. And number two, the way that you approach mistakes. So giving someone, okay, this is... This isn't what I wanted. This is actually the way that I would like it. And then, you know, giving them opportunities to change. And if they are not addressing why that's happening, either with your management or with the employee themselves, and then making sure that whatever you need to happen in your company is happening. I hope that makes sense. But delegating is something that's so, so important if you are a CEO or someone who's just sick and successful. Another thing that's changed the game for me is being able to be flexible. So this is another reason why I love owning my own business. But even in corporate, in corporate, I was in a sales position. So I had autonomy. I had flexibility in that position. But being able to structure your days in ways that there are breaks in between, in ways that if you are having a day where you're flaring really bad, where you have a migraine or where you're like for me, where I'm on the floor in the bathroom in in excruciating pain, I can move some of the things on my schedule to next week or I can move them around. I it's I typically never have a a week where I cannot move my Wednesday to my Friday or my Friday to my X, Y, and Z. I make sure that every single Friday in my calendar is completely empty. And the reason I do that is because I may have a day where on Tuesday, I can just do my company meeting and that's it. And that's okay. Because if I had stuff on Tuesday that were really important, I can move them to Friday. Or if throughout my week, I'm just exhausted and I need to fit in a call, I can fit it in on a Friday morning. And I have that flexibility to be able to shift my days depending on how I feel. Another thing that that correlates with how I feel is tracking the days in a month where I feel most creative. So as someone who creates content, it's really important for me to have those days where I can brainstorm ideas or I can just create. And what I've started doing is writing on a literal sticky note on my desk the days that I am able to just free flow and pump out the most content and that I feel energetic and that I feel awesome. And what's been interesting to me is realizing that those are very similar dates on the calendar every month. And that's correlating with my cycle. And that's a known fact. And a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs actually structure their months depending on their cycles. So that's something that you can look into. I am just learning that, but it's really cool to know that you can structure your month in a way that you can actually have creative creative things on your calendar in a time where your body, your hormones are actually scientifically proven to make you more creative. How cool. To summarize that, just knowing that I might have days where I'm not going to feel great and not making my weeks so filled 
that I cannot reschedule things. And to be honest, I'm not perfect. I struggle. I still, because I am a startup company and it's really important for me to grow this company and I'm juggling so many balls, it is hard for me to make sure that my calendar isn't jam-packed. And it's something I work on with my coach regularly. But no matter what, my Fridays are open and it is quite easy for me to move one week to the next or vice versa. And also that happens so much when I have an infusion or a medical appointment come up, X, Y, and Z. It's just a really important thing to do. This is one you're probably sick of hearing, but it's taking care of yourself. Taking care of myself is something that I ebb and flow with. Obviously the main things I do, but when it comes to eating nutritiously, 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 eating nutritiously, no, eating nutrition, nutritious, you can keep that in. I don't even know how to say that word. Eating nutritious food and fueling my body properly. You'd think I'd know how to say that because I was a holistic nutritionist, coach, whatever in the past. But anyways, eating nutritious foods consistently throughout my day, taking breaks, going for walks, self-care. That is something I work on on a day-to-day basis. Ask my team. They literally tell me to take breaks and eat. My husband gets mad at me. But it's something that I know I need to prioritize. Going for walks is such an important thing for me. Going for, honestly, I think at this point I'm going for bi-weekly massages, if not more often, because I sit at a desk like this. If you're watching on a podcast, you know, like do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I struggle with back pain. I used to be a hairstylist. So like that is something that is really important. And although I'm not perfect at it, although I'm not great at always taking breaks, I really, really prioritize taking care of myself. Every month I have a day that I can take completely off to relax. I go to this spa place with a good friend of mine, Danielle. She was on a past episode where we go to just be creative and to detach. I actually just went with my husband for Father's Day and to celebrate the one year anniversary of SNS Creative. If you know, if you're in Winnipeg, it's called Thermia and it's like mm, the most relaxing place in the world. But anyways, I really do prioritize the massages, taking walks, the taking breaks. I need to get better at, but taking care of myself in general, because if I don't, I can tell. I can tell a difference. You know how I mentioned the brain fog? That happens. If I don't take care of myself, I'm just depleted at the end of the day. I'm exhausted. I cannot think. It's harder for me to answer my team. And and so it's something that, yes, you hear all the time, self-care, but self-care can be as easy as like buying yourself a stand-up desk or or elevating your computer so that you can get up and sit down. It's as easy as going for a 10-minute walk before starting your day. It's as easy as doing a little bit of breath work. That's something that's so close to my heart and that changes my day. Dancing, dancing to music that pumps me up. That's what I'm known for. Hey! <laughs> And last but not least, having a support system that you can trust and open up to. So there's so much that you are juggling as a business owner and as someone who's chronically ill that it can be really, really heavy. You know, those days where you're wondering if you're ever going to get better. Those days where maybe you get some bad medical news that for me, I may need a, you know, life-changing surgery. There's so many things that happen that that just feel so heavy. Maybe you need to fire someone on the same day that you have a medical appointment. Maybe, you know, all of these things can happen so, so quickly that if you don't have a support system that you can turn to in those hardest days, it's going to make your life a thousand times harder. 
And I understand that it's not easy to make business besties and it's not easy to have friends that you can rely on and that you can share your deepest, darkest, hardest days with, right? And you don't want to be putting that on your team. You don't want to be talking to your team that you're stressed about income or that you're stressed about clients or that you're whatever. That's not something that your team should bear for you. That is something your family, friends, or business besties should. And I understand the feeling of like, well, where are they? Because I would love to have some. There were times in my my career as an entrepreneur where I was like, okay, where are these business people? Like, I don't see them. I cannot find people who are as driven as me. I cannot find people who are wanting to be as successful as me or have goals as high as mine. And it took getting into a bunch of different networking communities, going to events, being online, doing things like that so that I could actually find those people. And funny enough, one of my best friends ended up opening a business and now is my closest confidant when it comes to business. Danielle again. But, you know, the people that I surround myself with didn't just show up here. I actively sought them out. So with all of that being said, the day in a life of a CEO with a chronic illness is very different every single day. It would be different if I videoed it for you yesterday, then today, then the next day, then the next day. And it's going to continue changing because my life changes, because I have a chronic illness and because I'm running a company. So it's hard to say what I'm doing every single day other than I go for a walk, I try to take breaks, I manage my team, I go on a bunch of meetings and I film content for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember, dream big, it's possible for you, and your next version of success is around the corner. Mwah.